German investigators. Did you read the synopsis of any of them, no? No. So basically, German investigators just officially investigated weightlifting by them, like just weightlifting by itself, no, for doping. And they got a load of data. Um, I have a feeling like they're not lying about their data. So basically, they just got all, all the data they got was basically um, when weightlifters are tested. And no shocker, hardly any good weightlifters are tested in other competition. Most weightlifters who won medals weren't co- tested in competition. Um, long, wait, long, wait. Most people who didn't who did medal weren't tested. Yeah, fifty uh, percent of the medalists weren't tested or something like Jesus that. Jesus Christ! Um, so Thomas A. Jen is the president of IWF. You've seen the squirrely little yeah. fucker. Basically, squirrely little bastard. He's from Hungary, right? Honado, the Hungarian anti-doping organization, yeah, has been doing all of the tests basically all the time for everywhere. What? They went and talked to one of the Hungarian weightlifting team's doctor. He was like, yeah, it's like $50 for an in- for a national test and then $200 to, to have them not look at your test at an international competition. Yeah. Not look at your passports. Um, what else was there? Um, so, remember that year? The first year was in America or the second year in Houston. Yeah. And there was like 25. 2015. 25 positives. Yeah. That's because USADA were like, we're going to do the test. And IWF were like, no, 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 Honado are going to do it. And the IWF were, or USADA were like, no, we're going to do it. And then Thomas Ajan sent a letter basically saying, Honado need to do it because they're really experienced with weightlifters. And USADA were like, no. And USADA were like, no, nah, we'll do it. Jesus Christ. 25 positives they got. Yeah. So then uh, there's been 700 positive weightlifting since 2000. 700 positive cases. Yes. Basically... It's something we didn't know already. Uh, it's mostly bribes, um, massive amounts of um, money, changing hands, millions. Like yeah. only Thomas Agent has like the accounts access to these in Switzerland. They're not on the IWF accounts. There was like five million, with no one really knew why it was there. <laughs> uh, the IOC had been paying the IWF millions as well. Yes, for advertising the Olympic Games, which makes no sense. Why were the IOC paying the IWF? And Wait, then so the I- the IOC were paying the IWF. That's what I was like, what? They were paying them. So Jesus, that's fucking mental. That's fucked. Yeah. Um, so basically they went to Georgia and they tried to talk about Lasha having tested positive already. Yes. And uh Lasha, Nobody'd speak. no one wanted to talk about that. Yeah. And how he's been stronger than ever, why he wasn't tested when he was banned, and why he wasn't tested leading up to the Olympic Games. Um just Basically, like, it, there was nothing where I was like, oh my God, the IOC paying the IWF was the only thing that I was... Um, that you couldn't see an immediate reason why. But apparently, Tom Sajan is great friends with uh, uh, Tomas Back, Thomas Back. Yeah. The, the IOC president. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. Um, He's like your classic evil villain. There's a quick little snapshot. Thomas Back. Thomas Back. And all things gender, I'll show it to you. You can read it in two seconds. Yeah. And I'll just be... I suppose the main thing that would kind of surprise you from that is that people who podiumed, well, like besides obviously the IOC paying IWF, but the people who had won medals at like world weightlifting, at worlds or at Europeans, not everybody who won a medal was tested, which is mental. More often than not, basically, it was like the medalists weren't tested. When you you consider like amateur level sport in most countries, like if you get like a national medal, you're going to get tested <clears throat> if yeah. you're like yeah if you're at senior nationals in ireland and you're in like one recording yeah when do you start recording three minutes and 50 seconds ago oh are we gonna um we're just chatting are we leaving that in yeah all right okay 
yeah, go on. If you're in Ireland and you get a medal at senior nationals, you get tested. Yeah. Like, how many times do you get tested? I'd say over the course of four years, I got tested seven or eight times. Yeah, so like every time you got a medal at nationals. Which is more times than Nash has ever been tested in his whole life. Yeah. And he failed probably the one he was ever tested at European Juniors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. So. Like, we. Yeah. You talk about random drug testing. Like, random drug testing isn't random. No. Uh, it just means they don't need, like, it's like random breathalyzer tests for yep. driving over the limit. Yep. Uh, r- like, they should be testing everybody who wins. Mm-hmm. And having the name of random testing on it means that they get to choose themselves who gets tested and who doesn't. Yep. It's like if you're being tested out of competition, they, like... A, a tester yep. will choose out of a group of people or a pool of athletes yep. who they're going to test. Uh, I just have a little, just see an update there and literally just saw this now. You're, this is happening live! <laughs> it was an update on the All Things Gym website. Yeah. So, the... Holy shit. Jesus so, Christ. The um, reporters said they had all these documents and they had this like, dramatic scene of a dark room and yeah. these hundreds of pages of dates and times of tests of athletes being printed out, you know... The, the, dramatic effect because it's kind of a TV show not really a documentary yeah 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 like um, small bit of an entertainment value yeah so they said they would hand over any information to the OC if they wanted to do an investigation okay yeah but so what it said here was um, now of course clearly the IOC are very corrupt as well so yeah it said IOC will discuss the matter on Wednesday but it says it was not in possession of most of the documents on which the film is based so you can take that two ways. You can take that at the IOC are well aware of what's going on. They're implicated in paying the IWF money for advertising on I'm doing bunny ears here in yeah, quotes. Yeah. Or that the TV show made some of it up. But I feel like that is a less likely scenario in this case because more than likely the IOC, are, of course, are corrupt as well. Yeah. No shocker. And I don't think it's very easy to call out the TV show and be like, show us the documents. Yeah, and then if they're like, yeah, no, yeah. everyone will hear about it. Whereas yeah. they can just be like, here are the documents. Yeah. And it's like, if you do your due diligence as a reporter, you could get that information. Yeah. I think that's a way of uh, of basically saying that this TV show or documentary or whatever it is, is based off IWF documents. So, and not IOC. Which is like... Well, they, they're based off water documents, I'd say. Okay. When people were, were not tested. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there was a case in the show where Cologne, you know, has um, the biggest kind of the main WADA lab in yeah. where a lot of weightlifters would go get tested. Yeah. Or where their samples would go. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, their samples were tested, sorry. So, they went there, a couple of lifters, samples were tested, they didn't test positive. Then, for some reason, USADA ended up testing them shortly after and then they loaded them tested positive. Yes. And so they're interviewing the head of the lab basically in Cologne. And he's like, I don't know how this happened or whatever. Uh, so basically, through, they eventually find out through DNA analysis was that it was just uh, not their piss. It was someone yeah. else's. It was like, it was just some other, someone else's pee who wasn't on drugs. Yeah. It was a long story. I think it was what they, they'd swapped the samples or something. They were a bit, they're a bit unclear on what happened there. Um, obviously, I think everyone's corrupt. Yeah. Probably a good thing to note here is that like, if you're listening to this, like most people don't have an idea about what happens behind the scenes in yeah. in terms of like tests and stuff. But most people pass tests not by yeah. having a masking agent 
No. Or by taking some secret drug. As we've learned. Or by taking, uh, like having some cycle that they know they come off. Like most of this is money that gets handed in behind the scenes or nearly all of it is is money gets handed across behind the scenes if there isn't sufficient amount handed across behind the scenes lifters get popped uh or if there's some sort of mix up with a, an organization or an organization falls into disrepute with the IWF or whatever it is then they seem to get a positive test so like mo like an Icarus kind of I think Icarus did a lot for people who are sports fans of of showing you how how entrenched all of this is into like elite sport and especially in the Olympics. Yeah. But it didn't really do enough to say how people pass tests or like how people get away with this, you know? Yeah. Like it, it kind of just pointed a big finger being like everybody's involved. Uh, the entire Russian government up until Vladimir Putin is involved. Uh but realistically, like most of the organizations that are passing tests, uh, like all over the world, are doing it through paying people, not through having these big government labs that are sneaking urine samples in through holes in the wall or yeah. getting KGB agents to swap samples. Like most of it is just yeah. money. So there's a screenshot of um, WADA or Lashes Adams. So if anyone there might be some people who've competed internationally listening or in other sports. So Adams basically is your... Um, your whereabouts. Whereabouts program. So you log where you're going to be staying, where you're training, what time you'll be training, what time they can come test you, yeah. where you're staying, all that jazz, where you will be training and all that crack and what time you'll be training. And so there's actually... So it says samples are collected. Actually, a lot of samples here. There's like maybe 50 or 60 from November 19th, 2015. Oh, so... Yeah, it seems like you've tested it a lot. Yeah. So in like 20, 2017, or so like 2016, he was tested in March, April, June, July, and July. Twice in one day. Uh, blood, urine. Oh, yeah. And in 2017, he was tested uh, April, April, October, October, November, December. So again, like I was just saying there minutes ago, it is a TV show. And while I would v- very much put it forward that they are probably very very accurate or they're they're really on the ball with a lot of stuff you can also you have to take a lot of it with a grain of salt because it's not an official investigation yeah um yeah there's an entertainment value to this that yeah like you know when you see people in darkened rooms and uh like there aren't really official statements being given by any of the like by the io or ioc or iwf or anything like that yeah uh yeah, I I had a point there to make, but I'm after forgetting it completely. So it's un like <coughs> see the problem with that kind of stuff is, as we know in this day and age, you know, if someone posts, say, a journalist posts a an article about someone, and it's like uh, blatantly false, or it's untrue, or it's later proven to be undeniably untrue. While there may sometimes be a retraction, someone like sometimes the New York Times have said they've been going to make a better effort to post retractions. Yeah. But the problem with posting retractions is we obviously we live in a 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. And basically there is no, what would you say, the the journalists who either knowingly or unknowingly posted like false information 
will never ever be reprimanded in some no. way so like them doing this they would have been fairly aware if and i'm not saying they're lying because obviously we've talked about before as we've mentioned through various sources and personal experiences and just general weightlifting knowledge if you've been involved in the sport long enough that this kind of stuff goes on yeah but i'm just saying the particular facts that they presented are I, I i would bet that a lot of them are true but they would also know that if they kind of exaggerated some of the claims or kind of dramatized some of them that they know they're not really going to be reprimanded personally they won't be affected by it I think another thing that documentaries like that do is they'll just yeah they'll omit something right yeah uh, so it might be like oh we we weren't able to find any of Lasha's oh, or sorry. like oh, we, sorry, we weren't no. able to get a statement from Lasha or yeah like then like Lasha could send a statement twenty four hours later yeah and they're just like oh no, it doesn't really follow our narrative yeah and yeah. then you just leave it out yeah like and, like did not immediately return comment or something yeah and we know that happened with uh, yeah with in uh, Icarus. Joe, where it's, it kind of makes a better story just to say there was no comment on this. Yeah. Or we tried contacting people for this documentary and they yeah. didn't reply. You you automatically, they automatically look like they were hiding something by not yeah. answering the question. Uh, so basically that Adam's screenshot was actually, excuse me, was from a response from the Georgian Mailing Federation. So it was in a, le- a letter that they sent or publicly posted. Yes. So we've no idea if that that's going to change. I was wondering how people would have got access to, um, to Lashes, Adams, Knox. We've no idea. Like, yeah. We've literally that could be anybody's. And just like, if you go onto All Things Gym website, you can see. Yeah. Basically, there's um there's a screenshot at the end of the PDF from the response from the Georgian Weightlifting Federation. So that yeah. means absolutely nothing, basically, from them. I would say, of course, uh, if you can see the double effort scrambling to have a response for this, the individual federations who were involved or implicated in the, the TV show, like the Georgia Media Federation, Thomas Agens, the IWF, the IOC are staying fairly quiet. Yeah, yeah there's no way they're going to... They said they're going to... Yeah, they're going to investigate, but why were they paying the IWF money? Something yeah. I can't really figure out. I can't think of a... Obviously, there are some kind of bribes, but what... What possible scenario did the IWF have something that the AOC needed? Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. What, like what? what uh, can you think of anything? Uh, no. If it was the other way around, like could 100%. Yeah. I could envision many scenarios but why that would be happening. But, you know, this would uh, be interesting if this, um, if the conspiracy goes deeper. If you yeah. log on to um, jetfueldoesn'meltsteelbeams.com, <laughs> you know, people speculated why... Why did these retests come out all of a sudden? Because obviously the IOC have control over retesting all the yeah. Olympic samples. And you'd wonder, was it all um, the IOC twisting the IWF's arm to discredit them? You know, why were they paying the IWF money? So you would assume that the IWF had some kind of information, some kind of... Um, you, all, you also have to assume that yeah. everything that's been done in the past 12 months and in the next eight months... Is gonna be yeah, damage control yeah to the absolute max because anything that discredits the Olympics means a huge amount of money lost at this stage. So then you're, I'm, I'm wondering, was the IOC? They obviously were trying to keep the IWF quite about something. Yeah. So then, obviously, the retests were a case of well, we can fuck you if you want. Like yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. wonder. Yeah. Oh, the, the corruption is just disgusting. <laughs> a lot of times people ask why I don't like competing and like this is one of the many reasons yeah. why I just, it's absolutely sickening to listen to. Yeah. 
if you listen to Clarence as well, he, he has a similar view on this. He like he like he came from uh, the tricking background and they're all about not being in an organized sports. Yeah. So the idea of organized sports to him is like just like <laughs> radical And weightlifting is the most archaic structure of one man at the top wears a blazer. Yeah. There's eight people under him wear less fancy blazers. Yeah. Then there's twenty people under each of those eight people wear blazers but a different colour shirt. Oh, Thomas Ajan said he declared that he wouldn't resign, but that he wouldn't run for election next year either. Yeah. My life, my fifty years of work have been totally ruined by this documentary. Um like if you had you ever have to imagine that for somebody in that position Yeah. Like he's eighty. He's going out on he's a high of Tokyo twenty twenty. Yeah. With a giant paycheck. He's just, he's probably not going to look for a new contract anyway. Um, well, like the organization is basically his. Yeah. Like if you'd ever been involved in um, weightlifting at international level, you would have known that Tom Sajan was the mafia, like the mafioso boss. Like yeah. he was just the head honcho. Like you would just know who he is. Like when you're there, like he's. He's the dog's bollocks. He's the Don, like of the IWF. Yeah. And it's a mafia, like. So. Right. It's, um, well, we hope you've liked this little. Uh, Absolutely, just rambling. Soundbite of ramblings about a very specific topic. It doesn't seem like the AOC are are, are doing are going to say much on it. Obviously, no. So there, there's reasons. There's much more that we will never know. I suppose uh, it does kind of confirm, not confirm, because obviously we're not saying we don't know yeah. if it's true or not. But you, if it is true, it would confirm something that I speculated maybe a couple of years ago, and that we've kind of obviously learned ourselves a little bit is that like Dara was saying it's not from for most people it's not highly sophisticated drug no. tests because or, yeah it's not some it's, espionage system like like it's a little bit of knowing your clearance times because they went to a f- an Olympic champion from Thailand from London and interviewed her secretly with a camera yeah and she talked about how like our coaches knew what they were doing and then they didn't take the drugs and stuff yeah, yeah. when they needed to but also it's just a lot of politics and bribing you know so, it's so that's um, it. It's kind of um, Jesus. It's 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 pretty shit, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's uh, fairly depressing. Do you? So, if you've listened to the podcast enough, you'll have encountered our opinion on doping at times, and I suppose our opinion would be we've no opinion. Exactly. Like we know many people on both sides of the border. You know, yeah. like we know the Mexicans and the Americans. Like, uh, <laughs> I would say. Um, like, if you ha- if you imagine yourself in a scenario, we'll start from the scenario of someone who's who is a doper, a d- dirty cheaters, you know, a dirty rotten cheater. So if you imagine yourself in that scenario, yeah, right, you're in. Chances are, an ex-Ivy country, yeah. or your potential whole life is defined by the sport you're doing. Yeah. And if you're someone listening now and you weightlift it, and you you feel how much you love weightlifting, magnify that by. 10,000 Yeah I think it goes beyond Like far beyond uh, Like definitely But like, In in our area of the world right Yeah So like you've got people who've played uh, Rugby or soccer or whatever Since they were a little kid Yeah So you've got that You've you've been doing this since you were 8 years of age Yeah Then You've probably left school fairly early Yeah You've moved to somewhere just to train like this And make a living like this You're like your Chances are like We've known weightlifters Whose whole families relied on the weightlifter Yeah so if you have an option, right, to train more, 
do better, do what all of your competitors, you know for a fact they're doing, you, you are so sure of it. You know it's true. That's just how it is. And I think using the word option is... Yeah, there's no option. There's absolutely no option. Sometimes you won't be on the national team if you don't take drugs. Like, it's just not a thing. I think what you'd... How people need to view this is it's like somebody saying, uh, oh, well, you could do back squats and get a bit stronger. Yeah. And, and no, like, no 14-year-old kid goes to their coach... Jesus, I'm not sure if I want to do back squats. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's a completely different thing, and, and one is blatantly different. But, but when you're at that yeah. age, that you like, there's no... But if you take that to a much more extreme... Like yeah. Your one mentioned that if you were in Thailand, a lot of the people, the weightlifters started doping at 13, right? Yeah. So there's um, a fact, it's, like, it's a statistic in weightlifting that basically, if you're not a junior world champion, there's a very, very low chance that you'll be a world champion. It's yeah, I think much, it's much, like it's, it's like eighty percent. Yeah, it? even eighty something percent. So we know a lot of great weightlifters started doping as teenagers. We have some um, anecdotal evidence, or not evidence, some claims that Sisman Kalecki yeah. actually tested positive when he was fifteen. Uh, there's been something mentioned recently that Ilya started doping when he was like fourteen or fifteen. So you basically have to assume that most elite weightlifters started doping as a teenager, right? Yeah, because a lot of them got to the top by the time they were nineteen or twenty. So if you imagine yourself in a scenario, you're 14 years old, you have left school, like Dara said there, you're doing a sport that you clearly love, but you're also very good at, and you could make a lot of money doing this. You could be famous in your own country in some yeah. ways. You you would be somebody as such. You have a way out of poverty, depending on what country you're in. So your coach, who is your idol, who's been coaching you for the last few years, he tells you this is the best way. He tells you everyone else is doing it. He's like, look, you got to do it to get on the national team. Or you're already on the national team and they're like, look, this is what you got to do to win. Then you start doing it. Really, like, a lot of times people assume, Daryl loves this now because it's, it's, he loves psychology. You know, yeah. but you know, a lot of times people assume that they're totally in control of their own thoughts and they don't give any account to, a lot of times your thoughts spring unbidden from the recess of your abyss, you know, and your subconscious, you think you just have these thoughts. But your environment affects so much of your thoughts even from your young your genetics have massive amounts of where your thoughts come from what thoughts you have yeah so I think people have the problem of assuming that we're looking at it from the outside and we see these dopers and then they knowingly one day when they were an adult had a needle and their coach is like alright take this and we'll pass okay yeah but when you're 14 years old you're you're like men's brains you know the the, the cliche that you don't finish developing till you're 25 or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. whether grounded in scientific basis or not is um is you basically, when you're 14, you have no fucking clue what's going on. No, you're a kid. You're a total kid. Yeah. So a lot of times these would have started when you were a kid. And there's no going back. There's never a going back. No, no, no. But why would you go back? What's the reason? What, what reason would present itself to go back? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think... But then we know people who are competing naturally. And it's absolutely heartbreaking for them. 100%. Yeah, if you think like some of those athletes... We don't really have Irish athletes who are like Olympic level but some of those athletes on like Team GB and stuff who are yeah. getting like mm -hmm. regimented out of competition testing yeah. all year long mm -hmm. uh, they're in systems where they're getting some support but virtually nothing yeah, like no you, you probably make more money working in McDonald's. Subway yeah. or McDonald's uh, you're training just as hard if not harder you're probably stricken with slightly higher injuries uh, obviously because you're not getting the help of of whatever you the others are getting yeah uh and then you're going to competitions you're lifting in a b group uh you're really struggling to make an olympic class if yep. you can make an olympic class yep and it's not like 
it's not that the love for weightlifting isn't there or you haven't worked just as hard or you're it's just the circumstances are completely different you know a a minor thought is that a lot of the information up until a few years ago on weightlifting would be anecdotally passed around from coaches from their own personal experience and a lot of these coaches would have been from an era where drugs were only used or drugs are used a lot in training yeah so either through like some kind of osmosis whoever ended up with information would have obtained information from weightlifting programming philosophies how you progress from a process of the drugs were just as integral to the training as they were anything else was you know even more so like the training was dictated by what drugs and when you were taking them and how long you could take them so when we had like lifters up until recently may have been trying to train under a system where they would have had been taking drugs to do this kind of program properly and then that kind of like the frustration and that progressing and yeah. that understanding you go to the training halls and you see all your competitors and they're doing way more much faster much better technique and you're kind of like it is heartbreaking I it's, think yeah it's that story of Abhijayev when he went to the States first yeah and he's been brought in as like the kind of the next big step for US weightlifting uh, and he's being introduced to everybody and he's like where's the chemist or whatever and they're like oh there's no chemist yeah and then he was like okay where like where are the drugs they're like there's no drugs yeah and he's just like laughing uncontrollably being like what the fuck do you think this is yeah like it's like you're here to win world medals or like you're here to win world championship medals or olympic medals yeah did like those two things don't exist independently of each other so like it seems like you could clean up the sport very easily if you just started testing people. Yeah. And it seems like if there was a bit of a clearing of the ranks of the people who run the organisations. Mm-hmm. Like, our organisation Ireland is a shitbox. Yeah. But that's our, our own problem. Like That's our problem. The, the overriding organisation, the shadow that kind of is cast over the entirety of, of weightlifting as a sport, Yeah, uh, probably needs to change. It would... Um, and, and look, yeah, it's going to change, Joe. But I, these guys can't live forever but probably left I think is is a lot of the question fucking seek a strength <laughs> <laughs> seek a weightlifting federation yeah listen as I said my Instagram there'd be no drug testing <laughs> you know we see like from as we know people from both sides and people who are very far into it from both sides we have you know we're not of the opinion let anyone take anything or sorry let, the, let them do what they're still doing because we no, want to see the biggest lifts because we, we do want to see the biggest lifts but yeah. we also we want our friends, uh, people who don't take drugs and who don't want to take drugs, to have the best chance they possibly could of winning. You all, yeah. You also want a situation whereby your fucking nephew or your niece or your whatever yeah. it is in in ten years' time, you're looking at a sport whereby you're like, okay, yeah, look, yeah, I'd recommend the kid goes into this sport. Yeah, like at the moment, if you had a fairly athletically talented kid, you're, it's probably not the sport you'd push them towards. But like paradoxically, at the same time, I still want to see people lift massive weights really good yeah. with great technique. And yeah, yeah. It is a strength and power sport, so you want to see maximum strength and power. It's a speed strength sport. You want to see yeah. people just, you want to see Ilya do 242 again. You want to see Lasha snatch 230 kilos. But this is the thing, you don't, we don't really know what's possible Yeah. Uh, until we've had like maybe 50 years or 60 years where we have kind of two or three iterations of a coaching system 
and institutions based around yeah. non-doped weightlifting progressions. Two or three Olympic cycles at yeah. least. Way more. Yeah. Joe, so so, like, yeah, you want generations. Four or five. Yeah, you want coaches who have trained under clean coaches, yeah. training athletes who have never had any interaction with a, a sport that's like where doping is integral. There's some speculation that the um, weightlifting, the, like the the training metallurgies in the Soviet Union basically stops any kind of progression in their metallurgies because drugs came along so they didn't need to. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you take that what you, what you will. Like, I doubt that's, that's a massive sweeping statement. But I think it, you can a, see this in CrossFit. Yeah. What Joe, would happen? Like, I, I, I'm scared to see what a CrossFit Games would look like if you had clean competitors in it. It'd be very, very boring. I what the say. fuck? You're going to watch people for five days? Yeah. How can you watch people for five days doing like yeah. they'd be dead? Like yeah, like it's it's laughable mm-hmm. and like I mean laughing in your face. Yeah, if anybody thinks there's people on the podium at the CrossFit Games who are clean, yeah, they, all, simply, they, like yeah, their piss might be clean. Then you think weightlifting's dirty? Yeah, but like cr- we talk yeah. about like weightlifting's a a power and strength sport. CrossFit is a sport that's essentially made for doping yep. you know you, you have a, such a broad range of things you need to get better at uh, you have to be strong you have to be fast yep. you have to be able to recover incredibly quickly which is probably the biggest thing Yeah, uh, you have to have endurance markers that are uh, kind of like marathon-esque yeah but while still carrying while still carrying like 90 85 kilos of to 90 kilos of, of mass for the males like a and 65 and, uh, you're talking about like a 5-6 athlete yeah carrying 90 kilos of mass is and like if you any extra kilo of mass it's demand on your VO2 max is just yeah it's crazy it's something like 20% or something like yeah. crazy which obviously a kilo of muscle mass is huge but for people to be so proficient in so many domains you know it's just simply not possible and like we're talking about yeah the IOC and the IWF and stuff and those testing structures. Yeah. Like, they're testing structures that are being duped or that are being fondled in some way or manipulated in some way or you talk about the Hungarians and all the tests going there. Like, there's an actual system there that's being altered and that's how the tests are getting passed. Yep. When you look at CrossFit, not to be ragging on CrossFit and that's not what this is about or what we're trying to do, but like, there isn't a structure there isn't an organization there. Yeah. There's CrossFit HQ or whoever it is decide who they're going to test. They take the tests and then they send them to a lab. The lab sends them the results and then they release the results. Yep. That's not a testing structure. No. Do you know, like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's not. But at the same time, should, should, does it matter? Like the, at the yeah. same time, is it... And, like, is it a problem it's not a problem in strongman nobody has a problem with strongman no Every- and I know you're shrugging your shoulders there yeah. and like is it a problem in CrossFit yeah is it a problem you're the problem is I suppose you're saying you're drug free and they're adamant they're drug free are know, they though clearly not well yeah. they do no, no, I mean you like, know if do you, they actually say it oh but if you watch for example the propaganda videos no the great they're so good to watch they're oh fantastic I love when one of those comes out I love watching them I don't like if it's like a Sunday night oh of a god. bank holiday weekend stop oh, oh. I'm getting shivers thinking about how oh good they are oh my god I think they're fa- I love like I love all sports I love everything just, I, I love, love the old frowning ones but 
if you there is the redeemed and dominance, I think. So your yeah. man Ricky Richie Ricky or Richie Gerard tests positive and he's a fuck he's a demon. He's the Hitler of yeah. CrossFit, you know, and there a lot of them are talking like Matt Fraser spoken shit about it and uh, Matt Fraser will never be on the podcast now anyway, so it doesn't matter. But you know, <laughs> they're saying that like he's a dirty cheater and stuff and yeah. it's like for example in my if you watch the doping documentary, the German one, Liddy is talking about, you know, how they're all dopers and stuff. And you're like, yeah. this is, it makes you uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Because while to bring back our opinion originally is that we're just saying that we, it's a much more nuanced opinion than being like, ban all dopers, they're terrible people. Yeah. People, people, <laughs> they're all terrible people, you know? Yeah. But it, it also makes you uncomfortable when you're obviously, it's, it's you know, I don't even need to say what I'm going to say there because I don't want to say it. Yeah. Because it's not just, fair. Right, so but you know what I was going. You yeah, know what I'm thinking. I do. You know, so it's and people listening know what I'm thinking too. You know, so that kind of it's it's really more. It's a lot more nuanced than all drugs have yeah. begun. You know, and it's um we're in a lucky position that well I'm no longer involved in competing in weightlifting. So my position is I love the sport of weightlifting, but I also don't want to see the sport disappear. Yeah. So just to kind of yeah sunset the CrossFit issue. Yeah. And you're asking, is it a problem? It's a very, very different sport from what weightlifting is. So CrossFit, if you take most of the time, is yeah. a sport for developed countries. Uh, it's a sport for people with some kind of disposable income. Yeah. It's And obviously this is changing hugely. Uh, it's a sport that most of the time it's adult athletes are, are coming in. What? Well, we have a lot Lately, more. Lately, yeah. Yeah, we've obviously in the last two or three years. They're like late teenagers kind of. Late teenagers coming in. But most of the time at the moment, it's yeah. uh, adult athletes coming from different sports. Yeah, you see people get into the games after a year or two or three of CrossFit. Yeah. Sometimes, not so much, obviously every year will get longer. Yes. But you don't see that in weightlifting, obviously. We, do, we don't have, whatever about we might have youths coming in, we don't have child athletes coming in at the moment. Yeah. They're just doing it for fun. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have a structure whereby people are competing yeah. and winning CrossFit competitions as their main source of income. People who are CrossFitters yeah. and it's their main source of income make their income from sponsorships or they make their income from some other way surrounding CrossFit. You know, actually, we do have one good anecdotal example, and this is the anecdotal of all anecdotal. But Lauren Fisher obviously was a child prodigy. Yeah. And she was going to be so good at CrossFit because she was great at weightlifting and she was great at teenagers. Yeah. And now we see her just doing teams a lot, you know. And I assume, this is obviously a huge assumption, but she came to a mass, she does the games as a team member. So I've put money on it, she's clean. Yeah. If I'm to make a huge assumption. Yeah. And I may have come to assumption that, oh, she didn't want to do what she had to do. Yeah. And she came to a realisation that she couldn't possibly do what the others are doing if she doesn't do what they're doing. And now I think that's kind of like... Yeah, and she's somebody who... Was at a very very high level for a period. Yeah, Do you know, like she, she she's she still followed, a high level athlete. She she is what I would imagine. She's following the rungs of um what a ta- very talented natural athlete could be at CrossFit. Yeah. But she pales in in comparison to what's currently competing. Yeah. But again, we're not saying we're not being like we're not saying that's wrong. No, we're just saying that's the facts be what they be kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and if you take her in particular, like. When we talk about like where doping really kind of puts people down is that yeah. they can't make a living uh, yeah. or their their source of income is taken away from them. Yeah. Uh, like you see her doing incredibly well now mm. as like she's a Nike athlete. 
She's a Her manager A Colgate athlete Jeep athlete Yeah Jeep athlete Why is she Jeep? Mattresses Yeah mattresses Sweet potato fries And Jeeps You know like Yeah This Obviously it's not a reason That doping isn't an issue In CrossFit But It just kind of shows The difference between Like There's still avenues of Of making money from CrossFit Even if you're not winning the games no athlete will be dropped faster than a weightlifter who tests positive. No, no sport has no. in any way close. And I don't mean this as a as a good thing. I'm not saying this is a note of pride. No athlete, if you test positive in pretty much all countries bar maybe China or Russia or a few of the the biggies, you will be dropped so fast. It's not even funny. You're like you. Sometimes we've heard stories of them trying to make the athlete pay the fine, even though it's a state-sponsored yeah. doping, or as much as state-sponsored doping could be in some of these countries. Yeah, nobody will be like you will be dropped like sh- like shit off of your shoe. Like yeah, after, yeah, yeah. Like it's just no one. It's heartbreaking sometimes to see what would happen, what does happen to athletes. Um. So sorry about that. Absolutely, I didn't know we we're recording for the first ten minutes, but <laughs> it's it's. It's a really nuanced subject and it's more than people would make it out to be. Yeah. And it's more than I think the casual fans would begin to realise. But I think people are realising. You know, in the documentary there, people doping are are portrayed as villains, you know, it's really yeah. it's really seedy and like the and way that's wrong. It is wrong. It's yeah. not fair. They're, like any anybody we know takes gear actually we they're not terrible people. No. Weirdly enough. No. It's crazy, you know. But I would think just Give it more thought than it needs. Um, essentially, though, we're all powerless to what happens now, <laughs> in, in most ways, really. Yeah. Um, this has kind of taken on a a train of its own. You know, it's it's kind of runaway carriage. Yeah, and I the, this like you know doping yeah. and the IWF is something that's going to have to run its course. Yeah. It'll probably be multiple iterations of these kind of trials and these kind yeah. of uh, unveilings. Like if we if we think of what happened to cycling. Yeah. And we think of what happened in, so firstly in baseball in the US, then yeah. in cycling in in Europe. Yeah. These things aren't uh, that you've one big exposure and the problem goes away. Mm-hmm. It's you've one big exposure to something done, you've a second big exposure to something done. Cycling hasn't really changed at all, has it? Uh, More or less. No. Yeah. It's, it's basically the same. It's as the same, yeah. Like their times are better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's and the, what, what you see, interestingly, in cycling is that you now have what they they have termed technological doping. So you have uh, you have mechanic, mechanical advantages in bikes. Oh, that's disgusting. Uh, yeah, that's like, real yeah. cheating. <laughs> but you do like you have like cheating is always going to happen. Uh, but it, this isn't something that's going to go away. You know, like it's no. not something that's going to just. Oh, remember there was that documentary and then it was cleaned up. Like, we've had three weight weight class changes in the last 25 years. Yeah, so since 1990. Yeah, so we've had three changes in weight classes. Or, well, one reset. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, go on. There, Whatever been, it is, yeah, like, Joe. Yeah, there's been uh, attempts to diminish. Yeah, and this is just a saga that's going to go on for a very, very long time. You know, a thought that's occurred to me there is um, it would be unbelievably interesting to see what people fully natty highly talented athletes could do without any drugs at all I think that would be I think we're seeing some of those athletes soon I don't think we are Max Lang no no as in like setting more records and stuff oh yeah 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 yeah. like everybody's natty everyone's pushing the limit so you know like the um, the psychology of the uh, four minute mile or whatever yeah 
you know, we're not seeing yeah. that now. What happens when you yeah. know somebody natty has done it? Yeah. So like, what happens? Let's say there's five max lines competing. Yeah. And one max line does one sixty two or something, and all yeah, the other max yeah, lines yeah, are doing yeah, one fifty two, yeah. and they're like, holy <laughs> shit! And let's say they're in a magical scenario where they know for a fact that other max lines clean. Someone's yeah. gonna come along and be like, some kid watching these max lines, a mini max one seventy. Yeah, he's gonna be like, or obviously we're making up numbers here, completely out of our, yeah. out of nowhere, but um. I, it would be interesting to see. Yeah, and like that touches on a, an important point that there's damage being done by people who say, "Yeah, oh, no matter what you do in weightlifting, there's a Chinese girl warming up at your max." Yeah, yeah, no, you know? yeah, yeah. Like that is damaging, and that's damaging in ways other than just being like, "Oh, you're shit at weightlifting." Yeah, you know, like yeah, that's damaging to yeah to what people in your country view as yeah the maximum weight you can lift. I suppose we obviously we coach a lot of a lot of people who are natty. Or all of them are natty as far as we yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like as in <laughs> just like you can ninety nine percent of the people we assume are natty are coaching. Yeah. And obviously what we do with people is so vastly different than what people who take drugs do is it's not even it's not even the same sport if you look at it no, some ways. No. Like if you It's so, certainly not a diff like Yeah. It's Do you know what it's like? The the percentage ranges of absolute intensity in weightlifting are like different disciplines. Yeah. Like below 75% is like a four kilometer run and above 90% is like a 60 meter sprint. They're that yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you knowing which percentage to lift in in what way is just so fundamental to how your training will go for a, as a natural compared to yeah. a not natty, you know? It's, yeah. It's interesting. Definitely. All right, well, we better finish this now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>